So no one told me what I would be leaving behind Finally seeing what's left of this feeling dead yet alive The moments fleeting away while they pass in time If you give me a second to breathe I might be able again to see what might have been You're listening to I'm Not Okay Podcast. This is Stormy. I'm Elena. And playing us in today was Dead or Alive by Avat. That means that they are on the podcast today. Splendid. Have you watched uh, Haunting of Bly Manor yet? Oh yeah, I binged all of it. Oh my god. We can't talk too much about it because... Spoilers. Spoilers. But I actually liked it a lot better than Hill House. I th- Okay, I think Hill House was scarier. Yeah, me too. But that's um, I prefer like like thriller kind of psychological scary rather And than that's definitely scares. what Bly is uh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like there weren't as there was only it's like uh I feel like Hill House mo- had more like iconic ghosts, like specific ghosts, whereas this one has like you actually know who the people it's not like a I don't know. It's different. Yeah, I mean, we won't go too far into it, but you get some opinions from the ghosts. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. I just, it was an easier watch for me than Hill House. Like, I feel like I was constantly on edge. I scared myself with a jacket when I watched Hill House, which is how I knew it was good. Do you remember us trying to convince Whitney to watch it by saying that it wasn't scary? I never said that to her. I did? You did. Yeah, we all ganged up on her and told her that she needed to watch it. And she was like, no, I don't like scary things. And we were all like, it's not that scary. Well, it's not that scary. But I did spook myself with a jacket after I watched like the third episode, I think. Scared the crap out of me. And then I turned all the lights on. Yeah, definitely put me on edge. I like I had one night like that with Bly Manor, but it's just because I watched it right before going to bed. Oh, no, I I that this one never did it to me. I don't think I'm not going to talk about what did it, but (laughs) we can do that later. But yeah, so that was good. Highly recommend. If you want something spooky to watch, if you want something fun to watch, Cobra Kai. Or Schitt's Creek. Or Schitt's Creek, because it. I just finished the last season and I'm sad. Have you watched In the Dark? No. I'm fucking obsessed with it. It's like, I don't know. I know you'd like it, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> but it's... So well done. I didn't expect it because it's from the CW, so I was just like, ah, I'll have to. This will be out. funny. Um, but it's so good. I'll have to check it out. All right. So, do you want to talk new music? Yeah, I think we should probably talk about new music. Like I said, I've only been listening to Chase Atlantic this week because they dropped a new song called Molly, and I love it. And that's all I have. Um, except that's all you got. Youngblood <laughs> dropped Cotton Candy, which I also really liked. Um. Yeah. I mean this this week wasn't too happening. No. I mean, there was a new Smashing Pumpkins single, which I actually liked. I'm not a huge fan of the Smashing Pumpkins, but... We've um, we've talked about our feelings on Smashing Pumpkins before. Yeah. The people know. But I, I actually did enjoy this one. Standing Like Statues released a new song called Skylines that's really good. Jason Lancaster released Say I'm What You Want, and that's off his new EP that's due in December. And Social Order released another single called Humans. And again... Everybody's heard it by now if they listen to the the other episodes that I talk about them in, but that's a pretty much like a super group 
formed by Metro Station, the Mowgli's, and New Politics. So it's a really cool side project to check out. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, I also want to say this actually came out a couple weeks ago, but Cohen dropped their single Nothing, and y'all should go check it out. It's a metal core, but it's real good. Like the butt qualifier there. Oh, I didn't mean to make it like that. No, I'm just kidding. I just I'm meant. just kidding. Yeah, I gotcha. It's not what we normally listen to and talk about. I know, but so far October, we've had two metal bands. Yeah, metal's just really happening right now, and I'm here for it. I'm kind of feeling it. I've hit that angry phase of quarantine. Yeah, I'm mad now. It's like, <laughs> wait, is the next phase acceptance? Oh my god. We've gone through all the morning phases, except for one. We're, we're so close to the end. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. Stage one, denial and isolation. 1,000%. We were, uh, you know, trying to plan a trip for you out here. And we were like, no, it's fine. It's, it's not. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. We'll so make that trip up to New York City. <laughs> As New York is burning. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, two would be anger. Oh, so. I wasn't really angry at that point. I think I'm. I might have been angry at anti-maskers. Yes. Okay. We got there's angry. the ang- got there's anger. Yeah, I'll feel. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. Bargaining. If you just let us out of quarantine, just wear your goddamn mask. Yeah, <laughs> please. Uh, Depression. Oh, that's the whole time, man. What are you talking about? And then acceptance. Man, I'm not there yet. No, <laughs> I'm still in anger. <laughs> what do you? T- it's been six months. I'm still angry. All right. Well, let's be angry over with the guys with Avat. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Just kidding. They're super nice. They're nice. with the band AVAT. They are a metal band based out of Miami, Florida. Hey guys, do you mind just introducing yourselves real quick so that uh, we get to know your voices before we start? Yeah, uh, I'm Roly. I'm the singer. I'm Jonathan. I play bass. My name's Dimitri and I play uh, guitar. And we all actually equally contribute for uh, the composition of all the songs. Fantastic. Do you mind giving us just a brief overview of the band and uh, like how it was formed and what influences you guys seem to derive from? So I'm going to let Roly and um, Jonathan take over on that one because they're like the most senior members of of AVET. Cool. All right. So, well, the band's been around for quite a bit. Um, Just us as friends got together and tried to write what uh, we wanted to. At the time that we were starting everything, it was just, you know, hardcore kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of us like, you know, bands like Norma Jean and, um, poison the well and that kind of stuff. Um, when we started to f- try and find the right members, you know, we would just find you know a bunch of you know folks that didn't ra- have the right mindset, I would say, and um, and so it took us a while to find our core group. Um, from there, I would say that uh, you know trying to write music together it's been a process of you know um kind of discovery 
um, getting to know each other individually, um, listening to the different genres that everybody's into and kind of uh, trying to embark on something new and fresh. When um, I think when John got into the band, we had already started writing a lot of the uh, the material that we wanted to kind of focus on and 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 songs like Brenna came out um, that that was really fun at that time and and we thought that uh, we could get somewhere with what we were doing and that we weren't really wasting our time so we we started to push full full on uh with the material and started to really take things seriously so we tried concepts we tried um covers and all all different kinds of stuff before we started to play live and the day we started playing live it just really took off we we knew that we wanted to do this for forever so we all kind of had that pact. That was fun. So you guys have been releasing under Apocalypse Records uh, since your debut single, like you mentioned, Brenna. So right. how has the label influenced your creative outputs and the overall progression of the band? A lot, um, but in a very good way, because really every every individual member of the band has something very unique to kind of bring to the table like we all have different backgrounds and influences and stuff and when when the band started it was focusing very heavily kind of on the kind of like early 2000s metalcore kind of sound so like you know the big bands like kill switch trivium as I lay dying right like those are all of our big favorite bands from the early 2000s and that's kind of like what our songwriting was centered around uh the label really liked what we were making, but they felt like we were able to break out of that mold and that we could write something different and something new. So they still liked the stuff that we had, right? And th that's kind of, you hear a lot of that influence from, from like Brenna and even a little bit in, um, in the song we put out after that, Wolves. But once after Wolves, they really wanted us to kind of branch out creative, like our, our creativity and they wanted us to start experimenting with things that we weren't doing before, which was good because then we ended up with um, our last single, Dead or Alive. And I feel like that was a much better representation of who we are as, as a band. And that process is just continuing. Every song that we've put out thus far has just kind of been uh, an emphasis on a certain aspect of our writing. And the more that we go along and the more the label kind of cultivates us, the more we get into our coherent and cohesive product, if that makes any kind of sense. I feel like they really just, uh, they do a great job of keeping us on track and like really focused on at least, you know, working out the, the best of our writing. Yeah, and, not, and making sure that at least we put out something and don't stay on one thing for too long, you know, stay in that hole. So they've been really great to work with, honestly. Yeah, I'd agree. So when you guys say that you're coming from a wide array of different influences, can you just give us a little overview of each of your favorite bands, just so we get some of your personal tastes? Oh, oh. definitely. <laughs> Easy. Uh, I guess I'll start on that. Um, so growing up, I guess some of the first rock bands that I heard were um, Black Sabbath, Metallica, that kind of stuff. So I was a kid. But when... Uh, I was a teenager. I would listen to um, 
Nonpoint, Corn, uh, Incubus was one of my favorite bands at the time. And I just, I remember listening to them and just kind of digesting everything that they were trying to fit into these songs. And I was just so amazed. I was like, sonically, I mean, you hear things like, like Morning View, that album was fantastic. So uh, I really tried to follow and, and tried to pick apart different artists at the time. So that, that that's where I'm coming from. That's, that's how I started listening uh, to the rock genre and stuff. Um, I used to listen a lot to Metallica and bands like Trivium and Avenged Sevenfold and like a lot of Kill Switch and Lamb of God and stuff. Um, and then I really got into a lot of the death metal stuff like the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, um, yeah, dude. That stuff yeah, awesome. like I had a huge phase with that for a long time. Um, but then I, I guess the now <laughs> I guess now I've just been listening a little bit lighter stuff, more like Coheed and Cambria. A lot of their older stuff is great. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they have such a huge discography. It's like I can live there for a long time. So, yeah, for sure. Where I've been. Yeah, for me, like growing up, my musical influence, I was like all over the place. Usually the progression goes like Rollies, right? Where you start off with like, you know, Black Sabbath and you slowly start getting more modern and heavy. Like I was bouncing around all over the place. My, my first introduction to rock was when my mom would be dropping me off at like elementary school and she'd be playing Bon Jovi CDs in the car. I'm like, yo, this is lit. So I would listen to Bon Jovi like just in my room, casual. And then I went from Bon Jovi to Linkin Park and then from Linkin Park to Disturbed. And then once I started getting more into like modern metal, I was like, oh wait, this has been around for a while. So I hit all the way up to like Disturbed, Linkin Park, Ramstein. And then I was like, okay, cool. Metallica, that's dope. Black Sabbath, okay. And then I went backwards. And then I started getting into the super modern metalcore stuff. So, like, um, Bless the Fall, um, Breaking Benjamin, dude. That was, like, the first mm. modern rock band oh my God. that I got super into. And I, the only reason why I discovered them was because of the Halo 2 soundtrack. <laughs> like, wow. True story, like, for real. And then from that day on, I was, like, the biggest Breaking Benjamin fan ever. Like, that, to, this, to this day, <laughs> I... that band is responsible for me getting into guitar. Yeah. Steve I was on that too, okay. actually. Yeah. Steve I did the uh, yeah, so it was Steve I for he like did that the, intro uh, for the electric guitar version of like the the opening, and then fun fact, uh, when they did the Halo Two remake, like the remastered, they had from Periphery do it. No way, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Cool. See, that's funny because I was gonna say your whole list just sounds like a Walking Guitar Hero soundtrack. Literally, I oh, like yeah. it's. That's kind of what got me into guitar, you know? It's like all those bands did a, such a good job either highlighting the guitar or making sure that the guitars appropriately complemented the rest of the song. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I love it. So you guys have your debut album in the works. What, what influenced your decision to release a series of singles for a few years before dropping a full studio album? Like, was that an intentional strategy or yes. is that just how it worked out for you? It is. Yeah, so kind of harking back onto what I said earlier, like we still haven't exactly found our perfect direction. Each song yeah, that we've put out that. this far is just kind of like highlighting a certain aspect of our songwriting, but it, we haven't really found out exactly how we want to represent AVAT to the point where like this is it. You know what I mean? So right now, with every single, is just another highlight, but every single that comes out is coming closer and closer to like the final product and then once we get that once we get that coherent 
kind of vibe, then we we're probably going to be a lot more confident in putting out an album that's going to make sense. That that sounds like an excellent strategy. I don't maybe Storm will disagree with me, but I feel like most of the bands that we have on here that just like drop an album like that. That's not the move. Usually go on to change their mind about what they're doing. That seems to be the trend. From well, that was um, not when a we toy. Talked to just, not a toy. He yeah, was, they were uh, sorry about it. Yeah, Benji was just oh, like, yeah. they dropped an album, and he and then they were like, "This isn't actually who we want to be." <laughs> oh no! They, they, they were like, they're really proud of the songs and stuff, but like, yeah, the no, newer I mean, stuff they're writing is totally that. different. Yeah, I think what you guys are I'm doing sure. is a I really cool approach. Given the accessibility to singles now, like it's not like you have to drop a full album to get people to listen to it. Nobody's yeah. going to buy it. You don't have to go to the record yeah. store We're and buy it. We're doing it for our own 45. reasons, but it truly is kind of an outdated form of thinking. Like you need to make sure that you actually have enough people that are kind of messing with what you're doing. You know, that are actually tuning in and and they're actually going to listen to that album. Because if you don't have the appropriate amount of traction, you're wasting your time. You're not. You're gonna have this whole entire album. Right, and then the few people that actually knew you from before, they'll listen to the whole thing. But most of the time, that whole album's gonna go skip, unless right. you actually have your shit down, you have everything formulated the way you want it to, and have the delivery correct. Oh, for sure. It's also a completely different listening experience too, between having just a single and then like a whole body of work, like an album that would all be cohesive ideas together. You know, so I mean, it gives you a little more freedom to kind of go in a different direction when you just put out just one you know yeah absolutely yeah so how do you oh sorry stormy go ahead i just want to add on to this question because i've seen a lot of people will do like an ep rather than just singles um and i just wondered if that was specifically something that you were like let's just do singles figure out what we want and then do go for the full thing instead of trying to do smaller we had an EP. Um, yeah, but that's decided, like prehistoric. We, that's we like decided, <laughs> way back. We basic, yeah, we basically decided to put out them. As it was an idea. Instead. I wouldn't say it was an EP. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but a lot EP of those songs ended up becoming out singles. That's like so. way, way, yeah. way back. Um, Fair enough. I, I think as far as like EPs, I think they, they can be cool. Um, you know, a good example of this would be the Devil Wars Prada. With their, you know, plague. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, the zombies EP that was really cool, uh, and well done. So I mean, I think that if you can conceptualize something, if you want to just touch base on maybe one aspect of your writing, I think that would be a good way to do it, uh, and not really devote an entire album's worth of material to something like that. But then there are other points in time where you want to do a full album to kind of really evolve as an artist or devote your time into one subject so uh i would say i'm up in arms between making the decision on whether to use one versus the other but uh i'd I, probably go with album myself yeah well yeah. i was just curious time, if we'll that was something that you thought about we get everything figured out and then when we have that solidarity then album is going to be shortcoming Perfect. So how do you think that the singles that you've released so far uh, are representative of the album that you've got coming as a whole? Like, how exactly did you steer that direction? So, like, there's a lot of different aspects to the songs and to our songwriting. So kind of like 
how I said that each song is a different representation of our of our one writing style. So let's say, for example, Brenna has, and especially in its chorus, has a certain kind of poppy element to it where the, the, the chorus is really catchy that you can like get onto it like this, right? And then Together We Fall has that instrumental kind of bounce, right? Where you feel like that pulsating kind of rhythm, especially right there in the intro, like it's super hard. And then the groove section after the second chorus is like, dude, that that is my favorite song just for that groove section. Uh, and then we have Dead or Alive. Ambiance to it. Still has some really heavy riffs, but all of those those songs just emphasize the different kind of sounds that we really want to put a capstone on. And we want to make it so that that album, each song has all of those features. You know what I mean? Nice pulsating yeah. rhythm, catchy choruses, something that like you can you can sing along to almost as soon as you hear that first chorus. All right, I got this. I'm in. And you can you can jam to it in your car by the second time you hear it. You know what I mean? And of course, heavy guitars. You got to have heavy guitars. Oh, sure. <laughs> a necessity. So, you guys have obviously been recording and releasing music for a few years now. How how have you been adjusting to the obvious challenges that are coming with producing and promoting music under the current uh, COVID nineteen restrictions? So with COVID nineteen. It's um, so depressing, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's depressing. <laughs> Especially having gone to a live we, show we shows so anymore. long with the internet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've really been making the most out of it because literally we've been meeting at the studio like twice a week, you know, with all the you know proper PPE, right? Um, <laughs> and just recording, demoing, uh, rehearsing. Let's put it like this. Every time we meet at the studio, the first thing that we do is we rehearse the whole entire set list as is. So literally, if we get a call tomorrow, even though we've been, you know, on show hiatus all this time, we get a call tomorrow saying, hey, we want you guys to play uh, a live recording, right? We will be able to do it on the spot and we're good. And the rest of that time that we spend in the studio will be three, four hours just throwing around ideas, recording, and just coming up with new stuff. So we've been trying to stay creative and trying to stay productive. So eventually... All this is going to end, right? Eventually, lockdown's going to be done. Everything's going to go back to normal. And when that gate opens, we're going to be ready for you guys. Like, we're going to have some stuff waiting for you. It's not even funny. Sounds like a great use of time. Yeah, for sure. Probably the best I've heard so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys recently released a lyric video for your latest single, which is Dead or Alive, as you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. earlier. And you spoke on the relatability of the track. Can you expand a little bit on the lyrical content and uh, what it means to you and what message you hope that your fans might derive from it? So, I mean, since Broly wrote the lyrics, uh, I'm sure that he can attest to it personally more than anyone. But when we were actually recording it, I, I kind of resonated with it pretty well because it's just, when you really listen to the lyrics, it's just about, like, you feel so kind of in, in going through it. You know what I mean? That you kind of feel lost. You kind of don't really know, like, what to do. You feel super stuck. And it's it's hard to take action and change something when sometimes you just get so full of dread and stuff that you, you, you get to freeze and you don't know what to do. Um, yeah, it's a paralyzing kind of, like kind of thing, you know? Um, so, like, I, I try not to write uh, with one topic in mind. Um more or less the way that we've written in the past is uh, someone will come up with, you know, a piece of music and then I'll start to kind of play off of that, work my own melody in there, and then we'll kind of feedback off of one another. 
Uh, and as we were building out this song, I just, I, I was going through a lot of internal emotions at the time uh, through uh, a breakup. And it was, it, I didn't notice that I had written this um, so, I guess, detailed. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it really ended up being detailed and it just like subconsciously came out uh, about what was going on, and it's just like when when you're being faced to make a decision that you don't want to, um, and you're you've done everything that you can to sacrifice yourself and and um, and that appreciation doesn't exist. So when uh, when I started to pay attention. Um, when we were nearing the completion of the song, started to do the mixes and everything, and I really got a chance to just listen back. I was like, "Wow, oh, this so that's this what is really powerful." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I I kind of felt that like anybody in in that's been in a kind of a shitty relationship can can be uh you know um can really stick to that and and see themselves in that situation. So. I would like to just have the the listener go through the song and just say, you know, I've been there. I I, I feel what this person is, was feeling, or or maybe I had gone through that in the past, or I'm going through that now. Uh, that's really what's important to me, and I hope that you know we do come across those people because um, I'm all about positivity. So as far as that, if I can help just one person out there with the lyrics of our song so be it that's that's amazing so and, it and, sounds um, kind of counterintuitive right to be like i'm all about positivity these lyrics are super depressing <laughs> but i mean like that's kind of the awesome thing about rock and metal <laughs> yeah it's normal and you expect it sometimes to be sad it's a it's a genre of music where like it's okay you know what i mean yeah and, and it's, it's a relatability for you to be feeling this kind of way and and you know I feel like we need to be able to normalize that because not everyone goes through their life like a, like an Ariana Grande song. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when you want it, you can't just get it. You know, like it is, it is how it is. Oh, for sure. So did that? Uh, how do I want to put this? Did those lyrics in particular inspire you to do the lyric video? Is that why you decided to do that for that song, or was that just because? Not entirely. Um, I feel like the lyric video, we just had a really good opportunity. So we just did it. Um, they had asked us, like, hey, uh, we we have some people that would want to put together a lyric video for the song. Do you want to do it? I'm like, absolutely. And then they showed us the concept art that they came up for, for the single. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I feel like it was, it was a really good caricature kind of representation of what the song was supposed to mean. So yeah. between the artwork that they drew up and then just like, hey, you want to do a lyric video with the artwork? I'm like, yeah, dude, let's go. It looked really good. I was really and happy it, with it. It has a kind of subtle uh, relatability to our last single, too. Uh, so uh, if you pay attention closely to the end of the music video, you can kind of see, um, you know, uh, me floating so <laughs> so we wanted to kind of pay homage to that and, and that was part of where that artwork came from so when we as, as Dimitri said when we got the opportunity we we're like this is perfect it makes sense <laughs> all right guys so this is a question that I'd like to ask every artist that we have on the show just because we are all about promoting different underground scenes 
So can you just tell us a little bit about your local music scene, if there are any favorite venues or up-and-coming artists that you can speak to? So, I mean, in number my, one is Churchill's. Yeah, of course. For sure. That's like the go-to. Yeah. I think that's like the the there OG of like metal. You know, like the Lord anymore. When 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 Oski used to do the uh, metal fest, those are cool. Um, Tobacco Road. We have that. We have a lot of pop up shows as well. Yeah, honestly, um, in Miami, it's mostly pop up stuff. Um, yeah, pop. It's not really like that much metal, but it's like more hard rock, alternative rock stuff, like down in uh, Woodwood. Um, a lot of it's pop up. You know, it's funny because we actually we we did a we did an interview previously today. And they were talking to us about um, but a, a show that we did last year at a place called Tea and Poets. When was the last time you saw a metal band play at anywhere <laughs> that resembled Tea and Poets? So it kind of <laughs> emphasizes the the kind of pop up culture that is down here in Miami. It's, yeah, like there it's is great. a local great, metal honestly. rock scene. It's there, and it, it's the pulse is slow, but like once you find it, you follow it, and like you'll find it everywhere. Oh, absolutely. All right, guys. I just got one, like, sort of thematic question to leave you with at the end. It's always just a fun one. My favorite time. All right. So if you could inject, <laughs> if you could inject one of your songs into any horror movie soundtrack, which movie would you choose, and which song would it be? Okay, definitely for song. Oh damn, that's tough. It would definitely right. have to be. It have to be together. We fall or dead or alive. One of those two. It's gotta be dead or alive. Yeah, it's no, gotta be dead or alive. And I would probably use the cave. All right, that's a good one. Awesome soundtrack. Soundtrack on that. <laughs> Do you know what? Dead or alive. And you guys, if you haven't watched and Evil it, Dead too, definitely gotta watch it. It's called As Above <laughs> the Below. Oh my God, that's you one of my favorite about. horror movies. So great. Best that would fit so ever. well in there too. Like, yeah, I feel it's it. Don't even know what's going on. Yeah, I'm oh, lost because I haven't seen that movie. You need to watch. Me it's too. on the list. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so you need to watch that one. Yeah, we'll yeah. do. I just watched my cousin recommended it to me. Um, El Hoyo. I had no idea. It's on Netflix. It's horrible. Okay. It's like the worst thing I've seen in my life, but it's the first <laughs> movie that I've watched in forever where I was like on the edge of my seat this whole time. The whole premise essentially being that these people are, are locked in these cells, but they're stacked on top of each other. There's like 300 of them, right? And every single day, a, a platter of food will come down. Oh, I have, I have seen down. that one. You have seen it? It's yes. horrible. I don't know. It's like it's horrible as in it's not a good movie? No, no. It's like it's really well done, but essentially the whole premise is being like – the people at the top eat really well and they leave nothing for the people at the bottom. And every single month they reshift the order of where people are. So oh, they may be it. like near the top where they're getting food or near the bottom where they have to eat each other. And it's so horrible. You kind of left the cannibalism part for like the very end. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they're, no. They're very forward about the cannibalism yeah. right at the beginning. <laughs> oh. No, he means me because I wasn't being explicit. But like, I don't know, when you're starving, I just assume that's the natural progression. <laughs> I didn't even, but, like, that didn't even cross my mind. Until, oh, like, I knew it was going to happen. I mean, like, I was kind of about it, but I was just like, I mean, she hasn't said anything about it yet, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> that one's a good movie, too, actually. It's a good one. Sorry, I got excited. That's the first movie I've watched in forever. <laughs> <laughs> we watched uh, Sinister the other day because it's one of my favorites. So. Oh, the first one is so good, honestly. Yeah. 
I haven't seen that the one. Second, it's great until the very end. And then the second one? Him. The first one. Uh, that last the first one's really good. Of, yeah, the first one's great. You know which one's really good on Netflix, too? The Ritual is great. Oh, I've heard that's really good. I haven't watched it yet. It's awesome. The first half of that movie is one of the best movies on Netflix. It gets a little off the rails after that, but it's great, honestly. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. i got a list of movies to watch now. That was actually probably my intention writing that question, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's it's all October I now. I need all the scary movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Spooky season. Yeah. Can you just uh, shout out your social media for us real quick so that our listeners know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm at Dimitri underscore Avat. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I underscore Avat. And then for the band, it's um, Avat Music. That's on Instagram. Yeah. At Avat Music. And then um, my Instagram is at King X John R. Roly, if you want to shout out yours. Yeah, mine is at Roly V, R-O-L-Y-V-E-E. I make it simple. Mine's Roly V everywhere, so. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. No, it thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. This is fun. Now I got movies to watch. <laughs> hey. All right, guys. You have a great rest of your night, okay? All right. Take care. All right, bye. Take care. I got an Assassin's Creed bundle yesterday for like $22, and it was four different Assassin's Creed games. Oh my. Yeah, so right now I'm playing Black Flag, and then I've got Rogue, Syndicate, and Unity. And I'm That's pretty excited. That's a lot of playtime. Yeah, I'm only like 19% through uh, Black Flag, and hold on, let me find my hours right now. Oh, 11.3 hours I've already played of it, and I'm only, like, 19%. That's I refuse to start any more games until I'm done with grad school. That's a good idea. Yeah, it takes up a lot of time. It's... Um, I, I went through it with Breath of the Wild. I've learned my lesson. I'm a little bit jealous of you, but... <laughs> I've been um, talking up Assassin's Creed for a while because I really think that the stories are well done, the ones that I've seen. I've never played through a full game of Assassin's Creed. Not once. I've played a little bit and I've watched it be played and I've also um, watched like playthroughs and stuff because I really like the the, gen the genre. I really like the, uh, well, I don't know, would you call it a franchise? Yeah. <laughs> I really like it. However, I did not realize I've never played it. Like, I've, not really. I've played parts of it. I've never played, I've never played through a full game. So I figured I'll start with Black Flag. Because it was uh, $22. Steam had a big sale. And I very much like it so far. It's very fun. That's my game news for the week. I don't have any game news because I don't have any game. Hey. <laughs> I don't have too much news to speak of. Game supporter followed me on Instagram. 
See, so, that's, a, that's a, that, none of that happens to me. I got two new TikTok followers. Well, you know, I respect that a lot because I don't know how to work TikTok, but that's actually the perfect segue into our social media handles. So do you want to do that? If you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at I'm Not Okay Pod. You can email us at I'm Not Okay Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at I'm Not Okay Podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us a rating and review if you're feeling spicy. Those help us a lot. Tell your friends um, about us and uh, just uh, let them know that you heard this cool podcast if you think it's cool or tell them that you heard this lame podcast, but do you think they might like it? So, you know, whichever works best for you. Um, and then if you want to follow me, I'm at Slummy Thomas on Instagram and TikTok and at Slummy underscore Thomas on Twitter. And I am Brashbat on Instagram. And you know what? I do want to say... I think everybody likes us. <laughs> I don't think we have to qualify that anymore because I got a ton of messages after we were on Mike's podcast talking about how people love our energy and how they like are excited to check out our show. So you got messages? I didn't get any messages. I got two uh, brands asking me if I could uh, model their stuff, but also like I have to pay for the first round anyway. So like it's not really... <laughs> No, they just want you to buy it. Um, that great. But well, one of them gave me a 50% off of my oh. first. But one of them only gave me 10%. But Oh, that's, yeah, that's a dick move. Yeah. But, um, and their stuff's kind of expensive. So I don't know if I'm going to do that one. But uh, the 50% off one I might, because they have some cute stuff on there. Yeah. So. Discount might as well. Yeah. Uh, also, we should say that uh, Mike emailed me yesterday and said that, our episode is quickly becoming one of the most listened to episodes that he's done with the show. But I feel like we should probably thank our listener base that actually went over and checked out his podcast. And listened and to it, yeah. Because that's really sweet. Yeah, that's So, awesome. thank you, guys. Yeah. That makes us really happy. I always feel like nobody's actually listening to us, but people do actually listen to this, which is crazy. I know. <laughs> well, it's easy when it's just you and me on a Skype screen. Yeah, I feel like it's just us rambling at each other, but people are actually listening to us ramble, so thanks. Oh, that's embarrassing. (laughs) That's what we've been doing the whole time? (laughs) You make it sound more concise when it's edited, so... That is true. Doesn't sound as much like rambling. Oh, we should do a fly-on-the-wall episode one day, (laughs) where, like, like, they just listen to they listen to the actual... God, no. God, no. We say some stupid shit. That's the reason we don't do live streams. Oh, God. Uh, I just, I can't word properly. I can't think properly. Both. Yeah. I don't have judgment control. Like, it's all pretty bad. <laughs> and here's proof of that. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. My...